Father, we just thank you now for this moment, this awesome opportunity, God, that we've gathered once again in your place for a purpose to receive what you have to say. And so, God, even as I make an effort to give them the remnants of my Bible study, I pray that you'll speak, God, vividly to our situation, circumstances, and causes us, and cause us to be greater because of it. So, God, I ask that the words that will come from my mouth, the motives of my heart, be acceptable unto you, God, for you are my strength and my redeemer. God, I'm so grateful as well for every listening ear in this room, those that are online and even the ones that will watch this later. Lord, I pray that they also may hear what you, the Spirit of the Lord, has to say. So, God, I even ask that those that have ears, let them hear what you, God, the Spirit of the Lord, has to say to the body of Christ. And maybe someone that don't know you personally, after hearing you, will seek your face personally for themselves and develop a personal, intimate relationship with you. And God, we no longer ever want to do life on our own by ourselves or any other way. And we just honor you. We praise you today. And we thank you, God, for all that you're doing even right now. And so, God, we are grateful and thankful for your word today. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new. Your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you shout like you love him? Amen. Give God one more of those big praises you got there. He is an awesome God. And at this time, y'all know what time it is. Let me see them what? Wave your Bibles in the air like you do care. Amen. We thank God for his word. And if you need a Bible, um, please signal the ushers and they will be delighted to share one with you now. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Give it up for our ushers, y'all, as they readjust themselves after serving you all so faithfully today. And we are, again, thankful and grateful for God, his presence, and his power today. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right. Well, we are in the new year, and we have made some, some personal declarations, some focuses that we believe have created a faithfulness towards those goals and a faith inside of us that uh, really requires us to pursue them every day. And one of the things that we have declared is more in 20. 24. Somebody shout more in 2024. And so we desire, we desire, and when I tell you we have seen more relationships being built, we have seen God do more and more every week. Man, I'm telling you, I feel more energized. I feel more faithful. You know, and the thing about this moment, I know that a lot of people uh, around the country, got, I got friends everywhere. You know, and usually people uh, will um, go on a fast at the beginning of the year, um, but we fasted for more last year. And so before we came into the new year, we ended last year because a lot of times when you get into the season, sometimes it's a, uh, when the door opens for you, it can be a little, you could be a little bit behind to try to change for it. So I'm already in 2024 and I wanted to be prepared for more. You know, because I don't want the whole month of January to go by and I miss the more that was in store for me. And so I want to make sure that we're prepared. There's nothing wrong with fasting this year. If you want to fast right now, continue on it. 
But I want to make sure that we had consecrated ourselves as we fasted for more. We talked about more of his spirit, more understanding, more love, more gratitude, and all of these things that we have declared over our life. I'm already seeing it manifest in the first 14 days. Already. Like God is, he's saying, this is what you fasted for. This is what you believed me for. And look what I've already have in store. And I love what Pastor Leonard said, man, I can't be the old me of 2023 if I expect more in 2024. Amen. You can't be the old me of 2023 if you expect God to do more in 24. And so one of the first things I ask God for, because this is great, because it's, it's amazing how a lot of time we want more but if God really gave us more, could we really handle it? Now, if you gave your three-year-olds the keys to your car, you think they can handle that right now? What do they need? They need more of something. No, there's something you just, because, because somebody desires something or want to be something or want to be in something, you got to also be prepared for, and one of the things about the all-knowing power of God, the omnipotent power of God, the all encompassing knowledge that God has is that not only does God knows what's best for us or what he has in store for us, he also knows when we're ready to receive it. That's one of the awesome things. Sometimes we say, God, why haven't I received it yet? Why haven't I got what I've been praying for? And one of the things that God really wants us to understand is that we got to, got to, got to grow in our wisdom and our knowledge and our maturity. Amen. So one of the first things I want to jump into this year proclaiming is more wisdom. This is the second Sunday of the year. Somebody shout more wisdom. And so we've been teaching from this series. We started this series called Made for More. We believe that we are made for more. You got more in you. Everything I know and I believe that everything in life and godliness is already on the inside of you. And I share this so frequently that everything we need to become all that God has purposed us to be is already on the inside of us, but it has to mature. It has to develop. We have to operate with more wisdom in order for us to be ready for what God has in store for us. The Bible even teaches us about how God has prepared us for what he has already prepared in advance for us to do. He's preparing us every day, but we got to become willing, participate, willing participants in his plan for us to see the promises of God fulfilled in our life. And so one of the things I really want us to understand this year, at the beginning of this year, we want to do what Solomon did. Before we ask for more stuff, before we ask for more things, before we even ask God to conquer our enemies and our circumstances, we're asking God for more wisdom because if we get more wisdom, we can handle the circumstances ourselves. There's some situation that you're calling on God, God said, I got the stuff inside of you because God is beyond your capabilities. And so many times that God, we're asking God to do things that he's already putting up our power to do. And we're asking him to show up in situations that we may not have been wise in. May not have made the best decisions in because most of the things that we end, in, end up in as adults, most of the time is because of bad choices. Bad decision making. Not being as wise as we ought to be. 
So one of the things when Solomon became king in 1 Kings chapter 3, when he first came king, he said, God, I know that, that you got riches in store for me. There's kingdoms that are, are so, uh, that's all vast that I got power over. But the one of the things I really desire is that you will give me wisdom. And I'm telling you the truth, when you accept and you honor and you take heed to the wisdom of God, you can handle the more that he has in store. And that's what we want, y'all. And so what happens is that we believe, and we want you to understand, we talked about in week number one, um, actually the last week of the year, about this abundant life. And how John 10 and 10 talks about that Jesus came, and we gave the whole um, discourse of that, how he came in that we have life and life to the full. And many times we can assume that that full life is all about our money, but it's really how we see the things of God. The full life that God really came is that he didn't come that we have a church service, he came that we have life and life to the full, that every area, somebody shout every area of my life will be blessed. That's what we declare this year, amen? That every area, your marriage, your relationship with your children, your job, your career, all these things is the life that Jesus came to give. And if we operate in those areas with wisdom, they will be better. Because wisdom is what we're talking about, the wisdom that leads to abundant life. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to pick back up. I'm not going to try to give the whole synopsis of last week. You got to, to get that tape. Go back and get it. It's, it's talking about some things. Um, Proverbs chapter 4. Presume Solomon as the writer of the King Solomon as the writer of this. And, and for those that probably have been in church more than the two, two or three days, we know that Proverbs represents the book of wisdom. And it, and it depicts so many instances and ways to get it, to pursue it, but most importantly, not to forget it. And that's one of the things that happens a lot of time. We can get it, we can get it, and then we end up forgetting it. We can come into the church every week and we can get impartation and word and, you know, we worship God and we have a good time and we have a good church. But we can walk out of here and forget what we've learned if we don't live the word out. One of the things that is required of every believer to know that you have received and believed the word and you've gotten the word is that it is lived out in your life. If it's not lived out in your life, it is a direct sign that you walked away from it or you forgot what it said. Some of y'all understand children sometimes. You tell them stuff at home and they get to school and act like they forgot. You know, your parent pick them up and say, you must have lost your mind. Like, well, I know I taught you better than this. Why? Because you know that what happens sometimes when we go out from where we know things at and get around other influences, they can infiltrate our thinking and we can forget the very wisdom that we learn. In other words, the enemy, if you don't get this thing and hold it deeply in your life, he's waiting for you to come out of this church today or log over this broadcast and then get back into your day-to-day -day life and he want to snatch it away if you don't take it and take heed to it. He'll snatch it as soon as you get it. If you don't protect it, somebody shall protect it. Oh, we're going to talk about that today. Because I can't just give, so when you get something valuable, you got you to protect that thing. And this is what really got me this week. Oh, I was like, yes, Lord. Proverbs chapter 4. And it talks about this thing, y'all. The whole chapter, it teaches us that we got to get wisdom at any cost. Like, we got to do, do whatever it takes 
Like sometimes we got to get rid of some things. We got to ignore some things. We can't entertain some things because we got to get wisdom at any cost. And this scripture right here going to talk, talk about something and teaches us how we can pursue some things in this life, but we should be pursuing wisdom like we pursue anything else, more so than anything else. And so Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 4, I'm going to read 4 through 7. That's what I'm going to pick back up. That's where we were last week. Uh, I talked, uh, I think, 4 and 5, but I'm going to read them again so that for, for the sake of our understanding. And verse number 4, it says, Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Somebody shout, with all my heart. And this is important, y'all. It said, keep my commands and you will live. Verse 5 says, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget my words or turn away from them. And last week we told you to, to get it, get it, and don't what? Oh, y'all got that again? Get it and get it and what? Get it, get it, and don't forget it. My words are, because if you turn away, it is a sign to God that you forgot the very things he said to you. Here's verse number six. It says, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. All right, ladies, here we go. All right, I know y'all ready for that. I'll be all like, hey, whatever, whatever noise y'all make when ladies make, because men don't make that kind of noise, right? We make, we make a bigger, deeper sound. Uh, but look, he says, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Here is wisdom personified as a woman. Mm. Okay, I know y'all ladies going to be with me today. I'm gonna be, I, if I got the fellas, but, 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 I, but I'm actually going to be talking to the fellas. Because, because you, you have to realize who's right in this. So as a man, he looked at wisdom as a woman. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all you have. Get understanding. Somebody shout, get understanding. See, God leads. He seeks to lead us through his voice, for he knows that wisdom from his heart and from his mouth, it gives us the best guidance ever to receive the full life that he has in store for us because wisdom allows us to walk upright and rightly so that we don't stumble through life and make a whole lot of mistakes. You know, and that the one of the things that the world has even adopted, right, as it relates to wisdom, they even adopted things like, you know, work smarter and not harder. And I mean, they, they'll take our Bible self and make it look like it was theirs, but what God is saying that if you operate in wisdom, the things that was once harder for you won't be as hard for you to do. And so one of the things about wisdom is that when you operate in wisdom, your workload will be lighter. Not that you won't put forth effort, not, one, that, 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 not that you don't have to put forth the day-to-day -day efforts to make things happen, but it'll come to you much easier and you'll feel less weary when you operate in wisdom. In other words, the work won't wear you out when you operate in wisdom. Some of y'all in relationships that takes you like, man, it takes too much work. You wore out. You can't, you can't even enjoy your life. You work so hard on your job that by the time you get home, you can't even enjoy your children. Because you wore out. 
And that's what the enemy wants to do at life. He wants to wear us out to the point sometimes that we can't even enjoy the fruits of our labor. But when we learn how to work in wisdom, the workload will actually happen, but we won't be weary after the work. And I'm sure this because it gave us a great understanding when we get to verse number six. That's today. It says, do not forsake wisdom. Somebody shout, don't forsake wisdom. This word forsake has the same connotation as forget or dismiss. You know, one of the things that um, about my wife if, and probably most women, uh, if they're talking to you, they want you to be looking at them. Like men, we don't care. You could be doing some other stuff and be talking to us. But women, when you're talking to them, they, they know you, you could be listening. You could say, I'm listening to you. You say, but no, but you ain't looking at me, though. You ain't looking at me. Because I don't feel you're going to get this because they're they going to keep talking to you over and over and over. And, and, and I, I was telling a guy even this way, I said, if your wife ever talking to you, just stop what you're doing and look at her. <laughs> then look at her. Because she want to make sure you got this. Amen, ladies. Okay. And so it says, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. And I'm like, okay, God, this is, this is, this is, this is kind of different for me because I've never understood or even seen how this could translate this way as it relates to women being personified as wisdom. <laughs> oh, I said, make it plain. And I was like, God, this is, this is pretty cool. Because here, this word wisdom is described as a woman. And what I thought about when he described this as a woman, he described wisdom as being a woman because wisdom is also known as a guardian and a companion. You got to be in relationship with wisdom. But you can't just be in relationship with something and don't protect it. And this is important because, fellas, we know that you can mess with everything else. Amen. I'm the pastor of this church, right? I don't care if you mess with her, but if you mess with her. Okay, amen. I'll put this microphone on down and this pulpit will become a you ain't got to call no police to protect my family. All you got to do is, because I'm going to protect it. And what happened is that Solomon is telling us is that you've got to protect wisdom at all costs, fellas. At every cost, because nobody can just, I'm telling you, nobody can talk against it. Nobody, because wisdom is a guardian and it is a companion and you should not forsake it because this is what's important because what I found out about wisdom and women that if you are, if you reverence them, they will cover you. Oh, amen. Anybody got a cover? Oh, I, I got, hey, I'm telling you, it, it ain't nothing like a woman's covering. Amen. They'll, hey, they'll be down for you like four flat tires. Boy, I'm telling you, you treat them right. <laughs> Fellas, where y'all at? Where y'all at? I mean, you treat your woman right, I'll come hell or high water. She'll give a life for you. Oh, I got one of them. Oh, y'all, yeah, amen. Okay, 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 okay. 
And, and, and he wants us to understand that wisdom is the same way. That, fellas, we can't treat it any old kind of way and expect it to protect us. So he's generalizing, he personifies it as a woman, but he's talking to everybody. He said, because I need for you to understand how you must guard this and how you must be in intimate relationship with wisdom and make sure that wisdom is in relationship with you because it instructs us not to abandon it. Amen. Because sometimes we can act like we ain't got wisdom. Amen. Oh, y'all go get this one in a second. You can forsake it. I mean, when I was stationed in Korea, you thought people were married over there. Come on, huh? <laughs> Amen. I mean, you can forsake it. You can, you can act like it doesn't exist in your life when it really does. And you should be operating in company and out of company. Wisdom is something that is not just happening in front of someone or while you're around someone. When you're operating in wisdom, you don't forsake it when you're out of its company. You hold true to it. You stay committed to it. You don't forsake it. The Bible said, do not forsake wisdom because she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. This imagery conveys the idea that wisdom is the, 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 the source of support and comfort. Man, when I'm telling you, when I can't make a good decision, man, if you got wisdom in your life, it'll help you make a better decision. When you're facing circumstances that you don't know how to get through, you can count on wisdom and she'll get you through it. Man, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't face some things. I said, God, I don't know where the information come from, but all of a sudden I tapped into the wisdom of God and the answer came right there and I felt the source of security and comfort and support in my life. How many know that wisdom will support your life? If you operate in wisdom, but you got to protect it. Somebody shot, you got to protect it. That's why it's personified this way because it, it, it lets us know that we'll do anything to protect our woman. And I don't know about any fellas in here. If, you, if you're a real man, you'll do everything it takes to protect your lady. Any fellas say something? All right, say something louder. All right, a little bit louder. All right, all right. I need to make sure the fellas are here because we'll do anything. And that's how we should operate in wisdom. We shouldn't let nothing come between us and wisdom. The wisdom of God, because it says when you get in circumstances you can't get through, wisdom will show up and cover you. It'll protect you. It'll guide you. Somebody say amen to that. And that's what I found out about wisdom. Wisdom will be better than you than you will be to it. It'll show us on that, because sometimes we be like, ah, you know, do I, am I really making the right decision? Am I really doing the right thing? But in the end of the day, wisdom will always be better to you than you can ever be to it. It'll nourish you, it'll comfort you, it'll support you, and it'll guide you into the truthfulness of your life. And that's why it says right here is that in verse number seven, it encourages us as we personify this word wisdom, it then now identifies it. It says in verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get it, somebody shall get it. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. And this summarizes the essence 
of all of the earlier instruction, it declares that the starting point of wisdom is that you got to go after it. In other words, wisdom ain't going to come to you. Wisdom ain't going to just come and hit you in the face. You're going to have to go get it. Somebody shall go get it. And so many times we're waiting on something to happen for us. We're waiting on somebody, something to come into our life. We're waiting for it just to appear to us. But the Bible says we got to go get it because the only way we're going to get understanding is that we get wisdom. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because anytime you don't get wisdom, you will lack understanding and then you'll walk around frustrated. Anytime there is a lack of wisdom and understanding in your life, that's why so many people in relationships are frustrated in their relationships because they're not operating in it with wisdom and understanding. And so the automatic result of those two is that you'll walk around frustrated, aggravated, and agitated all the time because you lack the wisdom and understanding. Somebody frustrated right now with something. Frustrated with things going on in your life. And all God's saying is that you got to get wisdom. That's the first thing you got to do, and you got to do it at all costs. Somebody say amen. So when I thought about this, wisdom, this verse summarizes that moment in verse number seven, because you must desire it and dedicate your life to it. You know, I always talk about marriage. Marriage is something you should not get out of alive, right? It's a death sentence. Somebody say, yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it ain't. Not, not, not that tight. Not that tight. Not death row. It's a death. Do your part. And you give your life to it. That's what I'm sharing. You give your life to the death of it. And what happens is that he's saying that you must dedicate your life to wisdom. You can't give up on wisdom when it gets hard for you. When things don't go your way, you can't act ignorant. Amen. Because what happens a lot of time when things don't go the way we want it to go, the first result is that we go back to what we used to be because sometimes the enemy would try to trick us and say, man, life was easier in this area of your life. But you got to stick with wisdom and dedicate your life to it, to the death of you, and do it at any cost. Somebody say amen to that. Because what happens is that the emphasis on the value of wisdom and understanding suggests that they are foundational in living a full, meaningful, and abundant life in God. If you don't have these things, I'm telling you y'all, we'll always walk around making bad choices. So can I give you a few ways to get wisdom? Let me tell you a few ways. Somebody start give me some ways to get wisdom. Because this is how you're going to get it, y'all. You got to get it because I, I, I tell you, you got to go get it. And some of you are still sitting there like, man, how do I get it, Pastor? I'm, I'm asking God, I come to church. I, 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 I listen as intently as I can. I do my best to try to pay attention. But let me tell you some ways to get wisdom. I need you to understand, first and foremost, that true wisdom comes from God. Somebody shout, true wisdom comes from God. It don't come from your friends. It don't come from your girlfriends and your homeboys. Amen. Because some of y'all don't make some bad decisions listen to the wrong people. Amen. You're in a situation right now, you still single because you listen to your friends. You lost your whole relationship because you listen to your friends. True way. If you ever want to make the best decisions of your life, you got to learn how to listen to God. 
You have to learn how to. It's it's a, it's a, it's an effort. It's not just come automatic. You got to put forth the effort to learn how to listen to God. Proverbs chapter two, verse six and seven. That's where we're going to start at right now. True wisdom comes from God. And Proverbs two, six and seven says, "For the Lord gives wisdom." Somebody thought the Lord got it. So if you want to get it, the Lord got it. The Lord gives wisdom from His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Y'all hear this? It says he holds success in store for the upright. He is, the shield, he is a shield to those who walk is blameless. This word blameless is where we get the word integrity. This highlights that the belief that wisdom comes from God is connected to your relationship and your understanding of him. It emphasizes that the idea of seeking wisdom from God can lead to a successful, protected life for those that will walk rightly with God. In other words, you can't handle wisdom any old kind of way. You have to make sure that the wisdom that God, that you get from God, that you handle it, you protect it, that you understand it, because in it, it holds the success of your life. You will never experience the greatest level of success that God has for you if you don't take God at his word. Man, I'm telling you, I done tried things, I done tried to do things that may not have been with God. Because what happens a lot of time, many have done some stupid stuff. Anybody done some stupid stuff in your life? Amen. Let me see your hand. I don't want to make sure I ain't the only one. Okay, I just want to make sure I ain't in the room by myself. Because what happened? You knew better, but you just didn't do better. Oh, amen. I'm telling you, we, we all been guilty of reading this word and saying, God, I read it, but we got to ask God, give me the wisdom of the word. Because if I don't ask God for the wisdom of the word, I can read it all day and not operate in it. And that's what we've been. That's why the Bible says we're not only supposed to be a hearer of the word, but also what? A doer of the word. In order to do the word right, we got to operate in godly wisdom. Because we can hear the very word of God and end up not doing what the word said. And many of us have been guilty of hearing this word, understanding it to a point, but walk away from it and not operate in the wisdom of the word. Oh, man, we've been guilty. And that's what causes us to do stuff that are foolish, ignorant. And sometimes we'll look and say, man, you should know better. You're supposed to be this. I thought you went to church. I thought you knew the Lord, but you're still acting like that. That's that person that doesn't take the wisdom. And we all, I'll tell you, I ain't talking about y'all, but all have fallen short of this, but then God said, God, you don't have to stay there. I say this all the time. You don't ever have to stay there because God is always dishing out wisdom that you don't ever have to walk away from it. Another way to get wisdom, y'all, even in our ignorant moments or our, our moments where we don't acknowledge God, you can ask God for wisdom. Somebody shall ask God for wisdom. This is important, y'all. James chapter 1, verse number 5. You can ask God for wisdom, and he never, ever gets upset and tired of you getting more. And this is, man, this thing really helped me out, and I hope I can help you all out again. This is something I share frequently, but I understood it so differently this week, man, like never before. Because sometimes, man, we say, God, I'm, you, you ever heard somebody say, man, I'm tired of asking him. I'm tired of bothering Maybe somebody was talking to you and they would say, I'm tired of bothering you with this. And sometimes you have to say to them, you can't ever bother me. You ever had to tell somebody that? Your kids be asking you stuff over and over again. Mama, mama, daddy, daddy. And then, and then they say, well, I don't want to bother you, so that's why I didn't ask you. 
You ever had somebody made a bad decision in life and say the only reason why they made a bad decision is that they didn't want to bother you? Why you ask nobody? Why didn't you consult somebody before you did that? Well, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a bother or a burden to nobody. And you're sitting there like, well, I could have helped you through this. And God is saying the same exact thing. He says here in James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, he says, if any of you, look at your neighbor, if any of you, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Not that you might, you say you should. If you see any area of your life that is not operating in wisdom, it says you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding faults. And it will be given to you. In other words, he will never criticize you. It suggests that God is always willing to generously give wisdom to those that seek him sincerely and without hesitation. God expresses here that wisdom is always available. Somebody shout, wisdom is always available. You never have to live your life without godly wisdom because the Bible lets us know that wisdom is not sometimes available, but it is always available for us. We don't have to search to the east or the west or try to find out or make a bad choice because we could not get it. But the Bible lets us know that godly wisdom is always available. So you don't have to live in lack of wisdom. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to live in lack of wisdom. You can make better choices because the choice that God has for you is always available for you. Man, I wish I would have got this at 16. 18. I was raised around church. Anybody was raised around church your whole life and you, got, you turned 18 and people thought you didn't know what a church was? Man, my parents tried to get it to me, but I, 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 I was so rebellious in it. I was like, man, I'm going to do my own thing. I wish I just would have listened. Man, life would have been a whole lot better for me. Man, I, I, I tell this, I, I said this, I can't say this enough, man, that God said you can ask for it, and he's always willing to give it to you. One of the other ways you're going to get wisdom, y'all, is that you got the desire wisdom above everything else. Somebody shout everything else. My God, this right here really just kind of um, really touched my heart but messed me up at the same time because I can recall all the other things I once pursued that I thought was designed to make my life better. But all it did was left me more bitter. And if you, if you pursue anything outside of God, I promise you your life ain't going to get any better. You'll find yourself much more bitter. That's why you got the desire of wisdom. That's why um, the, 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 in Proverbs 4, Solomon was talking about you got to pursue wisdom at all costs. Desire wisdom above everything else. Proverbs chapter 2, back over there again, verse 3 and 5, 3 through 5, it says, Indeed, if you call out for insight, this is understanding, and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it, as for silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I want to read that verse 4 again. It says, and if you, 
Look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, the writer here encourages the reader to actively seek wisdom. Not passively, not periodically, not occasionally, but actively. The passage also presents a conditional statement, though. And this is sometimes, because sometimes we think if we show up, we're going to get it. And here the scripture presents to us the condition of this statement. It emphasizes that if a person earnestly and diligently pursue wisdom and insight as they will seek valuable treasure, that they will come to the understanding of God. In other words, if you chase after God like you chase after everything else, if you chase after God like you chase after people's attention, if you seek God the way you seek other stuff, I told you all, y'all, we got to spend more time in scripture than in scrolling. Because we want to know what faith look, faith book look like, but don't know what our faith look like. And I'm telling you, you got to pursue it like you pursue the best stuff in your life. People, I, you, got to, you got to pursue God like you pursue. Some of y'all pursue your, your job like it's more important than your, your relationship with Jesus. Every time it's time, everything can become an excuse. Because we think God understand my heart. He understand. God do understand. He understand that he's not your priority. So the stuff you're trying to go get, you probably never will get. And I found out, man, when I start pursuing God, the stuff that I would try to go work for, that's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and what? It's righteousness and then what? These things. We start going after what? These things and say, God, help me keep them. Some of y'all praying to keep stuff that you know that well for God, but you could afford it, and it, you got to prove for it, but it wasn't God's will for your life. And you operated out of wisdom. And so God said, you got to operate in wisdom. You got to pursue me like you pursue everything else. Like you go after other stuff. Some of us pursue other things so much greater than we do God. And we wonder why we don't have the wisdom of God in our life. We give more effort to stuff that doesn't benefit our life. Amen. Did you know some of those? That, I, I ain't got to name them. You know exactly what you've been pursuing that has been, have been a greater influence over your life or have been greater, uh, I guess, pursuing, that you've been pursuing greater than you have been of God. We give God the left and not what's right. You walk in church and I'm like, okay, you know what? You know, maybe I'm here. Your boss asked you to do something? Yes, sir. God asked you to do something? Well, I don't want to do that. You on time for work but late for church? Like you're dragging your job like you did this morning. Pursue the things of God the same way. I was in the military. They told me if you were 10 minutes late, you were late. If you showed up on time, you were late. Y'all remember that statement? You walk in church like, well, they should be glad I'm here. Don't realize it was that God that woke you up this morning. God said, you'll pursue other stuff more than you'll pursue me. Silver. That's what he said. 
gold, treasure. See, God may not be paying you, but he's always providing for you. Amen. We freely give ourselves to him for this moment. Wake up in the morning. I'll tell you, most people, they don't pick up their Bible, they pick up their phone. Let me see what the world say versus what God said. Wonder why your life ain't? Amen. I ain't going to get on that one. Y'all already know I'm going. Stay, I'm going to stay here. I ain't giving nobody no credit. I, ain't gonna, I, ain't, I don't get no source credit outside of God in this presence. Amen. Because that's what God, that's what the scripture saying. He encouraged us. It suggests that wisdom and understanding are precious and worth pursuing with great effort and dedication. The ultimate promises of this particular text, y'all, is that those who diligently seek wisdom and understanding will come to know and understand God and walk in his ways for their life. And one of the ways that I'm telling you, another way that we can get wisdom is to study, somebody shout study, and learn God's word. I can't say this enough. I know that when you open up your Bible, it gets scary to you. I tell people all the time, you don't need no insomnia pills or no sleep apnea machine. Try to pick up that Bible. It'll give you instant-itis. Because the enemy want to keep you stuck on stupid. Keep you ignorant. And he knows that if you ever study God, see, what happens is that I don't study God's word for a situation. I just want to know what it said. So that when I get into a situation, see, what happens a lot of times, we get in a situation and we go to the word like, God, tell me now. Tell me how to get out of this one. God said, that's not what my word was for. When you pick up God's word on a daily basis, when you read it, you may not understand it then, but grandmama said you'll understand it better, better by and by. I promise you. A situation will occur in your life where that word you read will become applicable. Amen. Stop waiting until you get in a situation before you understand God's word. I'm telling you, trouble will teach you how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, get in trouble. It'll teach you. But can you learn how to pray before you get in trouble? And so you can greet trouble with a praise. Amen. You're like, I already understand what it's about to do because I see every problem as just a problem and not the end of my destiny because I'm operating in wisdom and I know that this too shall pass. They say, how you get through things, Pastor? I said, because I operate in wisdom. I don't know what word I'm reading, but I know it's for a situation that I may be facing one day. And so when I get to that situation, I can operate in wisdom and not have to go back and get something. And that's what happened to most believers. That's why we fail. That's why we go back to our places where we are more comfortable because we don't spend time studying and learning. People say, I can't read the Bible, but they can read a Harry Potter book. Oh, the Bible ain't got no pictures. I say, so does the novel you keep on picking up. Don't tell me how much novel, how many novels you read. Tell me how much words you understood. Let me tell you what happens when you read the word. Can I tell you? Psalms chapter 19, verse number 7. Learn and study God's word. This is why. I'm out of here, y'all. I'm out of here. They get, my time is up. Is that blinking back there? No? All right. Are y'all with me? Study and learn God's word. Study and learn God's word. Study and learn God's word. Psalm 19, verse number 7, it says, The law, this is the word of the Lord. This is the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect. Somebody shout, it's perfect. Look at this. It's refreshing to the soul. Somebody shout, refreshing to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Somebody shout, trustworthy. 
making the wise, making wise the simple. Somebody shout, making wise the simple. Let me get some, let me sum this up real quick. You don't have to know it all to get it all. Amen. This is important because it says the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. This highlights a few of the attributes of the word of the Lord in your life. This is why the enemy never wants you to get it because he don't want you to become more wiser. He wants us to continue to make bad choices and stupid decisions and continue to still come in this place. He'll, he'll let you keep coming here as long as you don't change. If you ain't feeling no resistance, you probably ain't getting what God got for you. Then every time God is really trying to get you to understand, the enemy knows when you got it, you'll start pursuing it. You'll start going the opposite direction. And anytime you're going the opposite direction of the enemy, you're bound to bump into him. This is how you know that word is working in your life because what happens is this is what God is doing is that his word is geared to perfect us. Somebody shall perfect us. That's why his word is perfect. It is described as perfect. Why? Because it indicates its completeness and its flawlessness. In other words, God's word is perfect. It's flawless. It has no deficiencies in it. It don't have any hidden agendas. It's only benefit your life, and it's only designed to work on your behalf. It is perfect for you. Somebody shout, it's perfect for me. But what I find out when I look at the word of God, it also refreshes my soul. The law of the word, the word, it depicts, it brings refreshment and revival. Anybody ever got one word from the Lord and it restored your soul? You know, all of a sudden you were feeling bad, but God gave you a scripture or a word came about. And all of a sudden your, your, your spirit got uplifted and your soul got refreshed. And you start feeling better about the situation that was once meant to make you feel bitter. It refreshes, it revives us. It suggests that it has power to bring spiritual nourishment and renewal to our hearts. It refreshes our souls. It's also trustworthy. Somebody shout, it's trustworthy. That means God's statue, that means he can stand on it. The statue of God means that it's his decrees. That means it cannot be changed. He decrees, the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy and indicates that it is reliable and it is faithful. God's word, you can rely, anybody have to rely on God's word on the daily? God, every time I get into a point where I'm unstable or I feel like things are not going right, God, I can always rely on you. It's trustworthy, but look, I love this. It make wise the simple. Somebody shout, make wise the simple. One of the things about the word of God is that its statue, the word of the Lord, it has power to impart wisdom to those who are humble and even inexperienced. You ain't got to know it all to get it all. Because I meet Christians and I meet believers, and I'm talking to every person at every level right now. If you seek the wisdom of God, you ain't got to wait till you grow up to get it. You can operate it, into, you can operate it in it right now at your most simplest level. Some people, I don't know that much about it. I mean, I mean even adults, well, is it pastor, you know what? I don't, I don't know too much about that Bible. I don't know too much about that Bible stuff. You know, I, I just got myself, I said, but if you seek wisdom from God, it don't matter how inexperienced you are. 
You can, you can have folks that have been in church their whole life and still making some foolish mistakes. If you don't, if you don't operate with God wisdom, he says some people think they have to know everything to get right with God. And I want to encourage you even in this moment that you don't have to try to get yourself together before you get right with God. Sometimes people say, Pastor, you know, if I walk up in the church, man, the church going to burn out. I say, come on, we got extinguishers. Say, come as you are, but God has a promise not to leave you that way. See, that's the awesome thing about God, y'all, is that when you come like you are, he promises not to leave you like you are. That's the wisdom of God, because when you get connected with him, at whatever level you're at, and you say, God, I want you to change me, I want you to make me, and I make a promise to live for you, God will take those simple, those simple people He'll turn them into wise folks because the Lord's teachings will always impact those that take heed to it. All you got to do is take heed to God and his word and you will see it work in your life. Amen. Wisdom.